0: مسخت يا ومات تف we're going to begin today talking about the type of shoe that is permissible to use for Halitza. Uh, we'll continue with the exact action that the Yevama has to do, uh, untying and removing the shoe. And then we're going to, going to see on Amudbet we'll a discussion of the verb Halitza. doesn't mean to take off, to put on. Uh, we'll see lots of other places where the same verb is used in the Tanakh. So we begin, Amar rabah, Amar, amar Ra of the Mishnah already mentioned these two types of shoes, Min'al and Sandal, and Mishnah said both of them are usable. Uh, so if Eliyahu comes and says we can use a Min'al, then yes, we will listen to him. Uh, okay, sounds like uh, Min'al is questionable. And so if he says, well we can use it yes we will we will use it if the Eliel comes and says, "Do not use a sandal," we will not listen to him because we already have a practice that we use a sandal. So it sounds from here that the sandal is even better; is uh, that's the, the that's the best way to to uh, thing to use. And the min'al is um, still questionable until uh, he says that we can use it. Uh, so we see here something amazing that a custom, a practice that's already uh, widespread in Israel, is more powerful. Helpful, uh, than anything and even Elia V coming and saying oh you can't do that will not change the uh, the precedent of the way we practice. Okay, that's all one version of what Rav said in the name of Rabah, from Rabbah. However, Rav Yosef has another a different version. If Eliyahu should come and say we do not use a min'al, then we will listen to him. Uh, so in this version, it sounds like we currently do use a min'al. Min'al, remember, is a, sho- a soft shoe. Uh, so because it's soft it would have uh, buckles and uh, so other things to hold it in place uh, so we would use we if he says use it then we will use it sounds like right now we would not uh, I'm sorry, the opposite. Um, if he says, do not use it, we will listen to him. Uh, that means right now we are using it, but if he says not, then we won't, uh, because it's not so important. And uh, The second half is the same as in both versions. If he says, do not use a sandal, we will not listen to him because, that is the precedent, the customary practice. So sandal for sure is good, and the min'al is subject to these two different versions. So we ask, my benaihu, what would be a, what, What's the difference between Rabbah's version of Rav and Rav Yosef's? Higa min'al lecha the difference would be nowadays. Can you use a min'al lecha According to Rabba, uh, you cannot use it uh, lechatichila. Only if Eliyahu comes and says chosin then we'll use it. But right now, we won't use it. But the it could be fine. Uh, however, according to Rav Yosef, who says, if Eliel comes and says, don't use it, fine, then we won't use it. But right now, yes, we use it. So uh, Rav Yosef is the more lenient than Rabbah regarding using this soft shoe. Now, the one who says that, yes, you can use it, meaning Rav Yosef. Um, uh, so we have a question. In our Mishnah, it says if, some, if someone used a min'al, then it's okay. It sounds like it's okay. It doesn't say you can, should use this. So how can you explain the Mishnah? And we answer simply it's the style of the Mishnah and parallelism. Really, you can use the soft shoe, al ab initio. Because in the next clause, it's going to talk about the anpilia. This is a cloth shoe, like a sock. And there it's going to say, if you do it, even di avad, it's no good. So, therefore, we use the same language in the reshah. We say the chalitza is okay and the Sefa chalitza is not okay, even though they're both formulated in bidi avad language. Uh, that's only for parallelism, but really the min'al would be okay. All right, good. So that Rav Yosef was able to answer his question. And now we show that this machloket, Amoraim, between Rabbah and Rav Yosef, is actually parallel to a machloket, an earlier one, from Tanaim. Tanaehi, uh, using a min'al, uh is a machloket Tanaim. That Tanya Amar, Rabbi Yosef, Pam zaken echad. So one time I went up to Nisivin, up in Turkey, a city, important city, and he found an elder there, Marty Lo, Kelomata Baki, <speaking in Hebrew> Ben Betera, who's a uh, fourth generation was uh, found this elder and said, Do did, did, "Did you know the Biuda Ben Betera?" He was already from a couple of generations before the B'ose didn't know him directly. Uh, the elder said, Says, "Yes, I knew him. He used to eat at my ha- at my home often." So He says, "Oh, fantastic! Do you have a memory? To, uh, whether uh, Be uh, Yehuda ben Betera ever did chalitza for a yevama? You know, did he uh, perfor- did he um, uh, 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 rule over a chalitza? Did he uh, perform such ceremonies?" Yes, I saw, he oversaw many times, many chalitza ceremonies. Okay, b'min'al or b'sandal. And when he did preside over the ceremonies, what did he use? A'min'al or the sandal, the soft shoe or the hard one? The elder said, "What can you use a minal?" In other words, nobody uses a minal. Okay, some versions have here Torah uh, alo Torah says naal and not minal. Uh, even though they're almost the same exact word, and really naal is a uh, is a biblical word, minal is a rabbinic word. So. These kind of mean the same thing. Uh, some versions of the Talmud don't have it. Okay. Anyway, he said no. There's no way you could use a min al. Amar imken. Mata adabim meir lomash chalsa be min al ta And so Rabbi Yoseh said, "What do you mean, you know, to the el- what do you mean, elder? Uh, if in fact there's no possibility of using a min al, then why would Rabbi Meir have said?" that if someone did use a min'al, b'di'avad, it's okay. So you see that there, it seems that there is a possibility of using a min'al. Okay, that's the Eir, according to this version of the story. Reb Yaakov, however, the Yaakov says, in the name of Rebim Eir, chosim b'min'al He says that according to the Eir, you can not only b'di'avad, you can even use it So here you go, this is the machlok tanaim. Uh, I mean, it seems according to the elder, according to Bio said, Min'al is not good at all. Uh, but we're focusing on the Me'ir. Within the Me'ir, there's two versions. One said, Be'di'avad, it's no good. Uh, uh, it's no good. it's okay. And the other said, it is okay. So there you go. These two versions of the Me'ir, by two different Tanaim, parallels the Machloket between Raba and Rav Yosef. Good. Now, if you say Min'al, uh, you should not use Lecha tekhila. What's Why? Well, would, what could be wrong with a Min'al? Panta Me'al Me'al De Me'al Maybe because the way it's constructed is that uh, it has a, a soft, uh, let's say, uh, upper sole or tongue on top that uh, covers the top of the foot. And then above that, because it's soft, it has to be strapped on. So you have these leather straps that are on top of the uh of of the top of the shoe, and so then you have two layers of leather above the foot <speaking up> Torah said, take off the shoe from on top of his foot and not from on top on top of his foot in other words, it has to be a direct layer above his foot, and not two layers there are some that say maybe the uh yavam yeah, should not uh, should not even wear a sock because a sock could be you know not uh, uh, directly on his skin. Others say no, a sock is just uh, a cloth that would be okay. But the point is that two lead layers of leather, uh, the um, the the tongue or or the or the flaps uh, on top of it, and then the leather straps above that. So then she's undoing a uh, a a shoe on top of a shoe. It's like having a double shoe. Now if that's the problem, i hachi afilu diava Oh, well, then that would be a serious problem. And even bid the Avad, it would not be okay if you're really considering it like two shoes like two layers so rather we say no it's a lesser problem really it's okay but we say Gizera mishum uh, we're not going to use a soft shoe because you may then use a torn shoe a torn leather shoe because it's soft it is still possible to put it on strap it on uh but even though it's uh it's it's torn and a lot of the uh, uh foot is exposed because there's torn Torn parts of it. So uh, some it's a, it's something that you could still use. When it comes to a sandal, you don't have to worry about it. The sandal is hard and so if it's torn or, or broken, then there's no way to you to wear it at all. So no need to make a gezerah. So maybe that's why you should not use a min'al. Or uh, sometimes with, some people may uh, use half of a shoe, uh, half of a soft shoe. Uh, they would still, even though it only covers half of the foot, uh, some people still still use it, and so if you were allow a min'al, someone might even use a half min'al, and that would be no good because the shoe does have to cover uh, all of the all of the guy's foot, and so that's why we don't use it for either of those two reasons. Okay, de de Okay, now regarding the sandal, there's different types of uh, of them, and I've said uh, I saw my habibi, my beloved one. Uh, he's referring to his uncle, Rabbi just like in. Hebrew, we call uh, uncle Dod, and Dod also means beloved. Um, So too in Aramaic, Habibi. Uh, means both uh, beloved and whole, also his uncle. Anyway, he saw his uncle, Rabbi Chiyah, who took off a sandal uh, that had laces. Now, if I he says, I, if I had not seen him use this sandal with laces, I would not have used uh, conducted chalitza with anything other than the sandal, sandal of Arabs. Uh, sandal t- m- 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 t- Those are tight-fitting and don't uh, rely on laces to be put on. Uh, okay, the, the point of all this is that the sandal does have to be uh, attached well to the man's foot and not just slip off. Because the halacha requires that the woman actually take off the the shoe, and not that it come off by itself. So she has to, if it has uh, laces, she has to unlace it, unbuckle it, remove it. So the tighter it is on, the better. So at first he thought, you know, only use this Arab type that is snug, and she really has to remove it. Uh, but I saw my uncle use the one that is looser, but it relies on laces, so that's fine too and now the regular sandal that was used in their in their time um even though it has a ring uh, some kind of has some kind of buckle that uh, or, or ring that is uh, that helps tie the ties together. Um, uh, so even though it does have a ring, we nevertheless strap it uh, for Khalitsa so that it'll be even tighter and that way uh, we know it won't fall off on its own so that will be a proper chalitza. The proper Khalitsa, the point is that she has to be the one that loosens it and removes it. Uh, nowadays, there are special chalitza shoes that uh, B- Bateh that do this have. Um, they are Kind of one-size-fits-all, uh, but they have a lot of laces so that they can be put on tight, uh, regardless of the guy's shoe size. And uh, the, the ones nowadays use all the different khumrat, uh they're snug-fitting, they put the humrata, these rings uh, that hold it together, and also laces and also a bow, and uh, that's why it's a whole process, um, a special process, to make sure that we cover all the opinions. Okay, so uh, next we have uh, three halachot in the name of Rav, and the demonic for them is siman hatarat yevama sandal. That's going to be the three halachot. the first one. Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav. Hatarat, this is the hatarat, removing. Hatarat yevama lashuk bishmitat rov heakev. If a yevama wants to go and marry someone in the marketplace, meaning undo, untie her bond to the yevam, Uh, She has to do chalitza by removing most of the heel, most of the man's heel. It's not enough if she just takes off, uh, uh, loosens or takes off a little bit of the shoe. She has to completely remove his heel from the shoe. And then she is also uh, untied and can go marry whoever, whoever she wants. Okay, so that's the halacha. now we challenge it Metibe, Hutiriswot Min Al V Sandal, Or Shamat Rovaregal Halisata Pesula. This Barita says that uh, if the straps of a Minal or a Sandal were untied, um, or the Yavam he removed most of his foot. Um, then the Khaliah is not good, in other words, she has to be the one doing it who to do meaning if it, if it, if the straps fell off uh, or were untied on their own uh or if he took off most of his foot, it's not good. She has to be the one that's actively uh, untying and removing the shoe. Now, So it sounds like the problem only is that he removed most of his foot. But if she had removed most of it, then it would be okay. The Gamada notes that over here in this Baraita to use the term "degel," So we can infer that Rov in Rov HaAkev law. When she uh, removes most of the foot, then it's okay. Uh, but if she only removes most of the heel, which is less than most of the foot, then it's not okay. Uh, so this is a challenge to the Halacha Avrav, who said that as long as she removes most of the heel, then that is sufficient. So, how do we answer? It actually means the same thing. When we say most of the foot, we don't mean most of the entire foot. It means most of the heel. And what would you call the heel? A foot? Because most of the pressure, the weight of the person, of the of a person's leg, rests on the heel. So, the heel is actually the main part of the foot, as long as most of the heel is removed from the shoe, that's like most of the foot is removed from the shoe, and the chalitza is kosher. Uh, What we just said supports this barayta of rabbi uh, if he does unties the, uh, the 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 straps and she removes it, or she unties the straps and he removes the shoe, invalid. chalitza is not valid. he. She has to do both the untying and the removing. Uh, so that supports what we saw before, that she has to do at least most of that um, removal. Okay, Ba'eh Rabbi Now, Rabbi Anay himself has a question. Keda'at hu mahu, sadafat hu mahu. What if instead of removing the shoe by, uh, by undoing the, uh, the, uh, the straps, uh, she just rips it off? Or she burns it while it's on his foot. Okay, that could hurt, but uh, she's careful not to hurt him. And uh, so burns it off, and the point is that the shoe is no longer on his foot, even though it was never untied uh, or, uh, or uh, physically removed in a normal way. Do you say the, main, the, point, the point of it is to uh, expose his foot? And his foot now is exposed because the shoe is no longer on it. So it doesn't matter how it's no longer on it, whether it's removed properly or torn off or burnt off, doesn't matter, and it's okay. Or do we need a proper removing of the shoe? We don't have that action. We leave that question standing. Uh, Another question. Uh, Someone's wearing two shoes, one inside the other, or one outside of the other. Uh, So is that okay if you remove one of the shoes? So now which one are we talking about? If she removes... Only the outer shoe and leaves the inner shoe. No, that's no, for sure that's no good. We already saw this derivation that says she has to remove the shoe upon his foot, meaning the one that's directly upon his foot, and not the shoe that's upon something else that's upon his foot. So for sure that's no good. Rather, must be talking about a case where she tore open the outer shoe but left it on. Uh, but tore enough of a hole that she can reach the inside one and untie and remove the inside shoe while the outside shoe is still on. That's the question. Do you need a removal of the shoe? And the sh- inner shoe was removed. And that's okay. Or do you need the shoe, the foot to be exposed? And here, the foot is still covered by the outer shoe. Uh, okay, we asked question about that. Hold on. Is there anybody that ever wears a shoe on top of a shoe? Yes, Rav when we went out to the marketplace. He wore five pairs. Shoes like uh, slippers, a uh, type of uh, slippers, one on top of the other. And so, yes, sometimes people do wear shoes on top of shoes. This question is left unanswered. Uh, we go to the second que- uh, statement of Amadav Yudah Amadav. We saw before, he's going to say three things, this is the second. A Yevama that uh, grows up. Uh, with her brothers-in-law, uh, meaning she was married, her husband died, and and she grew up in the... Then uh, she never didn't get yibum or chalisa right away. Maybe she was young, maybe the brothers were young. And she is growing up in the same house with her uh, all her potential Yivamin. When they are ready, even if it's after a few years, any one of the brothers can do yibum. Uh, good. Why would you think otherwise? Because maybe while she was living there, one day one of the one of the brothers might have said, "Hey, can you give me a hand and take off my shoe?" Right? Maybe he came in from a long day of work and uh, told his uh, sister-in-law who's living in the house, "Please remove my sandal." And uh, then, if she did, maybe that would be considered halitza. And once one of the brothers does halitza, she cannot do yibum with any of the brothers. Uh, so we Don't worry about that, and she can still do Yibum. So, now what's the reasoning of Rav here? Is it only because we never saw them? Uh, you know, ask ask around do you see on the do you remember ever taking off her shoe? Did anyone ever see her taking off the sandal of any one of the brothers? And says, No, we don't, you know, we don't, uh, we never saw uh, her do such a thing. And so that's why it's permitted. But what if she did, in fact, and we know that, uh, yes, on such a date, I, I remember she did take off uh, sandal. So then do we worry that maybe uh, in that case, we would worry, and we would not allow her to perform Yibum. We have a that in order for chalitza to be valid, you have to have intention that I'm doing this as chalitza, not just happen to be taking off a shoe. Uh, so the b'raita says, whether uh, you need intention on both sides. Uh, if he had intention to do chalitza, but she did not, or she did but he did not the chalitza is invalid until unless they're both have kavanah and so we wouldn't have to worry even if she did in fact one day take off uh one of her brother-in-law's shoes uh still it would not be considered chalitza because she just had in mind to help him out and he had just had in mind to uh to get some help getting his shoe off but they didn't have both have in mind to do so it shouldn't matter. So we we explain rather we have to understand Rav's statement as as meaning even if they we saw and she did in fact uh, sometimes take off uh, shoes for people. Nevertheless, we don't have to worry that they we don't have to worry that maybe. They had in mind, they both had in mind, oh, this will be chalitza. No, they, they weren't thinking anything that you could see from the context. It was just that he, he needed some help to get his shoe off. Okay, Damre, that's one explanation. The other explanation, ta'amad lo hazinan, ha-hazinan Yeah, yes, it's only we can presume that she probably never did that. But if we know, in fact, that she did take off his shoe ever, then we would worry that it could be a proper chalitza. And what about the the intention issue? And that's what you asked. Wait, we need kavana? When we said Should they require intention, for both of them to have intention, that means to make a full chalitza with full power that would allow her to go and marry someone from uh, someone not related to the family. Then, you have to make sure the chalitza is really good and make sure that both of them require, both of them have, have intention. But, if there's a chalitza act done, even without intention, we are machmir to, to say that she cannot marry, she cannot do yibum with any of the brothers. Because maybe that chalitza is okay. So she's in like a limbo state. She cannot do yibum with one of the brothers, but the chalitza may not be good because they didn't have intention. So she cannot yet marry someone else. And therefore, she would have to get another full chalitza with kavanah. Okay so that was the so when we said the chalitza in requires cabana uh, that was only to permit her totally to marry uh, uh, to, to marry outside. But if they did any removal of the shoe at all while she was living there, uh, even without kavanah, uh, still we would worry about it and uh, she could not do yibum with the brothers after. All right, and finally the last uh, statement of Rav, uh, the, his last teaching. Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav, sandal hatafur hosin bo. If you have a sandal, even though it's mostly made out of leather but it's sewn together with flax which is not made from an animal, it grows, uh, then you cannot use that. <laughs> because pasuk alech tahash because says I um, made sho- you shoes out of tahash and tahash refers to leather skin so we see that na'al or min'al means something made out of leather and has to be entirely made out of leather without uh, flax also there. Next, we ask, uh, since we're learning it from Tachash, maybe it has to be only from an animal called Tachash. Only animal, only leather from a Tachash animal and not any other leather. Leather. What is a Tachash? Uh, No one really knows. Some say it's a narwhal. Some say uh, it's a giraffe. Um, uh, Rabbi Slifkin most recently thinks it's not even leather. Uh, but but uh, whatever it is, um, uh, Gemara takes it as sc- leather coming some, from some kind of animal. So uh, may, perhaps it has to be specifically tachash skin and uh, no other animal. No, it says na'al, na'al, riba. Since it says the word na'al twice, that's coming to include more things. So not only tachash. Okay. Wait, if you're using na'al, na'al to say any kind of shoe, then that should mean no matter what it's made out of, any material even a non-leather shoe. But then why would it say tahash? So therefore, because it does connect an alech and tahash, uh, therefore, it has to be leather. Uh, So that's what we learned. It has to be uh, leather from the, the uh, combining all three, tachash teaches that it has to be like tachash. Naal naal teaches that not specifically only like tachash. So therefore, anything similar to tachash. In no, other words, anything that's leather, but it could be from le- leather from any animal. Who shall mahu? What if the shoe itself is made out of le- leather, but the straps are made out of animal hair like goats hair so a hair does grow from an animal so that's better better than flax Is that good enough um uh, we said it uh, you know, i made you shoes out of uh, tahash and as long as it grows from an animal that's part of an animal that's fine also good well then how about if i make uh entirely wool a uh, shoe. That's all from an animal. Is that okay? I said, no. The problem is that's called a slipper. It's not called a shoe if it's not made out of leather. So it has a different problem. Here's a picture of what this karka uh, would look like—a type of uh, slipper made only out of uh, of hair. And now we're going to go into very interesting uh, uh, discussion, lexica, lexical discussion, uh, regarding the meaning of the word lahalots. Um, How do you know that means that she should take off his shoe? Maybe it means put on a shoe. And the answer is because regarding the Sadat in a house, uh, it says that they should remove the stones that are afflicted. So obviously they're afflicted and you're removing them. Uh, so lachalots means to remove, to take off a shoe. Hold on, but look another place. Vemazeruzhu, Maybe it means to strengthen. anashim Sava. Go and uh people for the army to strengthen, uh, and strengthening would be uh, uh, connected with putting on a shoe. All right, the soldiers are going to put on their boots. Uh, that would be strengthening as as uh, you know, problem is more strong with their shoes on, uh, so wouldn't that mean putting them on and we say no the reason why it's called is remove from you the people from their houses so that they can go to the army so it does mean remove uh, removing uh, to the army um, uh, incidentally, if we look at a bible dictionary, this is the b d b Uh, dictionary of the Bible um, that has two entries for Halatz. Halatz 1 is to draw off or withdraw. Uh, withdraw, take out, or rescue, and uh, Chalatz number two is to equip for war, so it does in fact have these two completely different meanings, uh, but maybe the similar, maybe the derivation is in fact, as the uh, Gemara just said, that um, it comes from the word remove, and when people move from their homes to go to war, so they are removing themselves. Uh, All right, Um, V'hak now another example, God delivers an afflicted person from his affliction. So, doesn't that mean that makes him stronger? Right to strengthen, and that would, in, regarding shoes, that would mean to put on shoes. Uh, we say no. Bishad gehinam if it was if it was to strengthen it would be uh it could say um be on me on i got to strengthen uh, a person from his affl- affliction but it says be on so the bet means in the merit of his affliction he will be saved from removed from uh, judgment of gehinam uh, so yeah in fact does mean remove, remove the uh, the poor person because of his affliction that he already suffered that will give him merit. How about here also? Says the angel of God encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. So doesn't that mean give them strength, which would indicate? Putting, like putting on shoes. Uh, no, just like before, uh, because of the merit that they are, that they fear God, God will remove them from a judgment of Gehinam. So here also it means remove. All right, so we have uh, uh, 100% a 100% success rate that yechaletz always means remove. Ella ya that Hashem will make your bones strong. Uh, so here it seems to definitely mean make them strong. Um, how could you interpret it as um, withdraw or make loose? Uh, there, someone once told me that asmotecha ya this phrase refers to uh, uh, doing uh um chiropractic uh techniques, uh, loosening the bones. Okay, but I don't think that's the Peshat. So here it means it seems to mean Hashem will strengthen the bones and strengthen is connected with putting on shoes. And Rabi Al-Azah is the best Barachah, to have strengthened a bone, strengthening your bones. So it's a positive thing, obviously. And al specifically means strengthening bones. So here, there's no way to say it means withdrawing or, or taking out. So we have to admit, In fact, The word l'chalotz means both things. It can mean to take out, remove, and it can also mean to strengthen, just like the BDB, uh, the Gamada knew it way before. Now, how do we know here regarding chalisa, which definition it means? Um, If you would think that it means to strengthen, then it would say, meaning to put on, then uh, the pasuk would say that she should, uh, put on, put the shoe on his feet. Be raglo, uh, since it says me raglo, so we see that it means to remove. Right, me'al raglo, it says, uh, so that has, has to mean remove. Otherwise, it would have said be to put on. Good. We say, hold on, maybe not. If it said, as you suggest, then I might have uh, incorrectly inferred that the, the shoe has to be on his foot, uh, but not on his calf. In other words, if a person's an amputee, I uh, would think, oh, if he has no foot, if he's amputated um, uh, um, at his calf, then He could not do chalitza, but that's not true, actually, because he could put a shoe on his calf, and then that would still be chalitza. And maybe that's why he says, Um, it says that so So that's why it says to teach me that even if it's above his foot at the point point of amputation it's still permitted but maybe that's all it means and it does not mean taking off maybe it still means putting on the shoe Uh, we say no it just wanted to indicate where on the leg it could have said um, uh, it could have said on the upper part of his foot. Me'al be me'al And that's where you put it on, on the upper part of the foot is also of the leg is also okay. So it doesn't say that though. It just says, Me'al glo," since it just says from his foot, and simply means, therefore means taking off the shoe and not putting on the shoe, even though the verb can have that definition in other contexts. Okay, and now we have a a very, very interesting challenge. A certain heretic, from the context we could see that it's talking about a Christian heretic el hotel zaban gamnel amad halasle maremine tehtib besonam u bibkaram yelchu yelchu bevakashat hashem velo yimsavu halas mehem the heretic said you israel you jews you are a nation whose master has done khalitsa to you he has removed himself from you and he's no longer your uh your husband no longer your god as the Pasukah Noshiah says, "...with their flocks and their herds they shall go to seek the Lord, but they shall not find them, because God has removed himself from them." Uh, so, in other words, God has done chalitza with the Jewish people is no longer with them. Okay, this makes sense that a Christian would try to argue this, with them, with, uh, argue this because Christians believe in supersessionism. They believe that uh, the berit between Hashem and the Jews has been uh, stopped and now it's been replaced with, uh, with Hashem and Christians. And the Jews are no longer the Jewish people. And uh, he, looked at, he looks at this pasuk and it says, God has done chalitza. And so So uh, if we uh, read it his way, then um, in fact it would mean that just like a a potential husband, the Yavam, does Chalitza, and that's it, cannot take her back anymore, has separated like divorce, so too says Hashem has rejected it been Israel, and now that's it. The the uh, the, uh, the uh, has found someone else. Okay, so this is a serious challenge. mehem, and so the B'Nai says, "No, you are a foolish person. No, look at the pasuk. You don't need. To, you don't know your grammar well. It does not say halats. Uh, lahem, that he did chalitsah to them, but rather received chalitsah from them, Khalas mehem. Ve'ilu yevamad echasul ha'achin, midim meshasha, it, be, in other words, the chalitsah went the other way around, not Hashem, who's compared to the husband, who who is, he's not the one that gave chalitsah to her, meaning Bnei Yisrael, but rather she gave it to him. Bnei Yisrael did Chalitza or tried to do Chalitza to Hashem. But if a woman does Chalitza, gives Chalitza to a man, um, meaning she has her shoe removed, and the, uh, the 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 yavam the man does chalitza uh, takes off her shoe does that have any significance obviously it doesn't it could indicate a uh, an unwillingness to be together but it has no legal validity so yes it's true that the israel abandoned god for a certain amount of time rebelled and went with idolatry and all that but it has no val- no validity has no legal significance and therefore can be repaired and eventually, Hashem uh, can and will take B'nai Israel back. So this is a rejection of that Christian belief. All right, very interesting. Now, now next uh, we quote uh, the Mishnah that says, "Be an using this shoe that's uh, soft and uh, like made out of cloth, like a like a sock. Uh, is not uh, is not okay. Now, remember the anpilya lav min alhu So this seems to indicate that this anpilya is not a shoe. It's more like a sock or a slipper and that's why it can't be used. One name and in fact yes, we have a Mishnah that would support that because uh, Mishnah Shekalim says en hatorem niknas lo bepardot chafut vlo beanpilya ve ensarichomar bemin al besandal fish einicht nasin bemin al vesandal la azara back in the Mishnah Shekalim we learned that the uh, the person that is going to go into the chamber where they keep all the machasit shekel he goes in with the baskets to collect it. And he has to be beyond suspicion, beyond reproach. And so when he goes in, he cannot wear a garment that has, has cuffs in it because we suspect he might take some of the coins and hide them in his cuffs and steal them even if he's trustworthy, we don't want him to even be uh, uh, worthy of suspicion, uh, uh, subject to any suspicion. So he doesn't wear that. He also should not wear these Anpilya shoes uh, because maybe he will hide uh, some money inside the shoe. So he doesn't wear anything like that. Um, Now, for sure, you don't even have to say that he can't wear uh, Min'al or Sandal because that's a general rule. No one's allowed to wear shoes up on Har Habayit. That's a halacha till today. For those who go up to Har Habayit, you have to wear non-leather shoes. Okay, so we see from here that the Anpilya is not included with Min'al and Sandal. Those are called shoes and therefore cannot be worn by anyone who goes up to Har Habayit. Anpilya would be okay in terms of being a shoe because it's not a shoe. The only problem is you might hide money in it. So this proves that Anpilya is not considered a shoe for uh, the laws of walking on hadhabait, and therefore also is not considered a shoe regarding khalisa. So, so far that supports it. But we have a B'rayta that will question those sources. U'rmīn min al Now we're talking about Yom Kippur, another law about shoes. So many, so many different uh, laws that have to do with shoes. One time there was a whole conference called Jews and Shoes. There's in fact a lot to say about shoes in Halacha. Uh, so, on Yom Kippur, you're not allowed to wear something that's defined as a shoe. And so here it says, whether it's a min'al or a sandal or an empilia, uh, one may not walk around uh, from house to house, um, and not even from one bed to another, even within a house, no wearing shoes, and an is prohibited. So that means anpilya is considered a shoe. We're going to have a couple of answers. Number one, uh, When it says it's forbidden, it's talking about the kind of ampilia that has cushioning in it. And it's very pleasurable, very comfortable to walk in. That's the one that would not be allowed uh, because it's comfortable. Um, that's not allowed on Yom Kippur. But if it, uh, the uh, regular empilia, uh is still not considered a shoe in terms of uh, so the problem is that, in other words, not a shoe, uh, so therefore, you cannot use it for uh, for chalitza, and it's not a problem. You can walk on how to bite with it. It's just that it's too comfortable, and that's why it's a Yom Kippur only law uh, is the problem. That's not bayit. Yeah. Okay, Mishum Tanug Belomin Ab Kippurim, Mi Asire. Ravah says, hold on. If you're telling me it's not a shoe right? And that explains the first two laws. Uh, But because it's too comfortable, uh, that's why you can't wear it. Wait a second. Is it true that because if something's too comfortable, even if it's not a shoe, it's prohibited? Are you not allowed to wear comfortable socks um, on on Yom Kippur or or comfortable slippers? (laughs) Would wrap uh, these nice, soft, comfortable scarfs on his feet, and he would walk outside on Yom Kippur with that. Now that's comfortable, but it's no problem. On Yom Kippur, you just can't wear shoes, but you can wear something comfortable that's not shoes. Uh, so that's, uh, that's incorrect. Abaye uh, says, uh, It depends what it's made out of. If you have an ampilia that's made out of leather, that is in fact considered a shoe. And that's the last source was talking about, and a, a, a leather Anpilia cannot be worn on Yom Kippur, whereas the other sources were talking about Anpilia made out of cloth. Anpilia made out of cloth is not considered a shoe, and that you could you go up to Harabayit on, and uh, that you could not use for. Halitza. Okay, good. Hachin ame mistaberah. Dila temahachik. Kasha yom kippur A yom And this has to must be true. The the second answer of uh, Rava, because otherwise we would have a question from two braytot regarding yom Kippur. There's a brayta that says that Tanya lo yitel el adam bekor daki sin betoch betoavam. beanpilin betoch beto. Look at this brayta. Says you should not walk around with these slippers in your house on Yom Kippur but you can walk around with An So you see here that you are allowed to walk around with An Pilin on Yom Kippur and the previous Badaita said, no, you cannot wear anpilin on Yom Kippur. So had these two, how do you reconcile these two? But I alav kan ban pilia or kan ban beged Rather, the one that prohibits, the one before, is talking about when it's made out of leather, and this one must be talking about that it's made out of cloth. They're called the same thing, but that is fundamentally different, and so that is the conclusion, and this is very, very helpful, halakha Nowadays, if you want to wear something comfortable on uh, Yom Kippur, comfortable socks, or, or something comfortable that's not made out of leather. It's not about comfort, but rather the material that's made out of, is it defined as a shoe, as a leather shoe, only then it is prohibited. Baruch Adonai Amen v'amen.